2: University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great.
4: Okay, welcome back into the Saturday show. Michelle Bodkin and Lloyd Cole here, enjoying a beautiful Saturday afternoon outside. Uh, We are on the north side of the Delta Center in the Triad Center. Uh
3: Right smack in between. In fact, tracks. If you get off tracks, if you're coming out here taking tracks uh, to come up here, which, by the way, I highly recommend. Uh, I mean, we're just... North on the other side, the other side yep. uh, you will see us. You will see the inflatable jump houses, you'll see all the tents, you'll start smelling the smoked meat. Uh, it's the first inaugural KSL barbecue cook off presented by Barbecue Pit Stop. Uh, event starts, uh, they're kind of starting to get things going right now, but it's open to the public starting at noon. Uh, so, here in about 40, 50 minutes, uh, get out here face painters, inflatables, games, prizes, fat boys. Uh, you name it; it's all out here. Other sponsors are Sheridan's Home and Patio and Camp Chef. Got all the stations, the entire, entire cluster. You got uh, you have obviously us, the KSL Sports Zone, KSL TV, KSL News Radio, FM 100, and the Arrow, all out here, part of this big event. Uh, come bring out the family, bring out the kids. Come enjoy some fat boys. Come check out what all. By the way, they have 40 contestants. Yeah, I know, crazy that are competing. Let's see the grand prize winner will be announced on Monday on social uh, a Kingston 7-piece patio set from Sheridan's Home and Patio and a Camp Chef Woodwind smoker uh value over $2000. Yeah, like let's that's go. what they're battling for. They're battling for something great. It's more than just pride. Of course pride's a big part of it. So huge part. Uh obviously Michelle we've been talking a lot of college football today. Mm-hmm. Uh you know with with that the top twenty-five coaches list, you know, Kalani's the talking the Big Twelve, what they're going to need to do, and you know, and how long that lease should be for him. Uh, but what do you say we talk a little NFL?
4: I I love talking football. Football in, in general. general, right?
3: I know that it's, is your cup of tea.
4: It's what I know the best. So yes, let's let's get into some NFL talk.
3: So we had on. Uh, we're gonna play an interview for you here, and uh, you know, obviously we have. And, and it's something I want to do. I'm going to check in with we, uh, for my show with Hans and Scotty. I want to check in with some, some of these beat writers where some of the locals have gone and talk about how they're going to work in, whether it's, you know, checking in with, with the Bills and Dalton Kincaid, which I think his future is going to oh be gosh, right I'm there. So excited. I, you know what? I've always had, I think, like never root against a root uh for teams in the AFC. Like it's just something I can't do. But I've got this small little spot in my heart for the bills and it's ever since you know you know losing in the super bowl three straight years like there is just this spot there i'm like i can get behind them like i root for them there's something good
4: they're a great story,
3: and Dalton be having a local on the team makes it a little bit easier to root for him like it's it's a good story absolutely so uh we 're looking to do that, but we checked in with with uh Minnesota Vikings reporter uh, Alec Lewis with the athletic, uh, and he just got done doing a piece on on Jaron Hall uh, and how he will fit in with uh, with you know with Minnesota uh, right now he 's obviously the backup, and you know they you know he talked with aaron Roderick and and John Beck and to learn a little bit more about this new rookie quarterback. And, and he started off by uh, the guys asked him actually about, you know, because Kyras Tonga is on the team, former BYU player as well, and, Kyrus Tonga has an affinity for horse meat. I don't know if you knew that.
4: I did not know they, that. Yes,
3: fact. He is a big horse, loves horse meat. Huh. And it is something that he is passionate about. And they they started off asking Alec Lewis about if he's learned about uh, Kyrus Tonga's affinity for horse meat.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I have not. I, I actually have not had a ton of conversations with Kyrus. I mean, he came in about mid season and I think I told someone else this and not a not another radio station but I like I believe they signed him off waivers and I I mean I don't know through the course of the season you just kinda get bogged down and I didn't think much of it and then a few weeks in like he he was playing considerably. He was impacting games, especially against the run. And I, I said to myself late in the year, I was like I, I really I learned his story a little bit and I'm like, man, I've just missed the boat. So that is his name and his story, and uh, asking about horse meat. Apparently, is something I am adding to my list for this upcoming camp and yep. season.
6: He's like, uh, he's like, essentially. Remember Bubba Gump? Like, he will talk about all yeah. the different ways you can prepare horse,
2: <laughs> and then he'll give you his favorite, where you mix mayo in with.
6: Yeah, it. no, th- this is this is true. We had him on, and he spent a ton of time talking about how horse meat is his favorite meat. And uh, it's a big family event when the uh, when the horse hits the coals there at the uh, family barbecue. Wow. It's it's something right. to behold Cor- for sure.
5: Horse meat with mayo profile. Um, I'm gonna send that idea to my editor when we get off the phone. Can't wait.
6: A, I'm
2: telling you, he is funny. It, you won't. He won't talk no, a ton. But, but you get him on the horse talk, and he will not stop until you say, "Hey, dude, let's." Let's go ahead and stop let's, talking about I'm, it
6: I'm enough about Mr. Ed on the old uh, spit grill. We don't want to talk about this anymore. Um, hey, so let's talk about uh, Jaron Hall. I, you know, when he got sure. drafted, it felt like, obviously, I think he wanted to go higher and was probably a little disappointed he wasn't drafted earlier. But it does feel like it's a good situation there at Minnesota for him. Would you agree with that?
5: Yeah, I, I would agree, and I, I'm just going to defer to John Beck, who I know has spent a ton of time around a lot of NFL guys and, and guys transitioning, and I asked him really that question, and, like, how what do you think about the fit? And he said, I don't think Jaron could have asked for a better fit, and he explained the reasons that I had kind of thought about, some of them I had thought about in my head, but, I mean, Darren's going to come in, and he's going to be working in a quarterback room that's really experienced. They have Kirk Cousins, who's on the final year of his deal, and Kirk has started games consistently for more than a half decade. Their backup is Nick Mullins, who has also started games in the NFL. And then the head coach, Kevin O'Connell, was an NFL quarterback who really made his way into the coaching sphere by developing young quarterbacks. So if you think about Jaron, you think about the transition, he's going to get to absorb information from all these guys in many different capacities, and I think – that just the idea of that, and knowing that yes he he's a twenty five year old guy who who has a lot of ability, but knowing that he doesn't it's not going to the onus is not going to be on him to produce from the get go to 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 learn the language and perform uh, immediately, I think it's going to really be a positive experience for him and I think he just knowing learning a little bit about what he stands for, I think it's it's really a perfect fit all around.
2: How much trust is there in Kirk Cousins overall with that organization?
5: <laughs> this is the question that will be debated in bars tonight <laughs> and tomorrow night and every week forthcoming in Minnesota. Um, Kirk is very polarizing here. Uh, and and I just think this, this the nature of the quarterback who's really, really good in the NFL, but maybe not great. It's such an interesting, like, standing. And I guess to answer your question – the Vikings organization really believes in him in the sense that that they know that he's reliable, that he can produce, he can run the offense. But I also think I say that, but if they believed in him so much, I think they would have extended him to this point for a much longer term. So I still think – there is the idea, and it's an understandable idea that, like, yes, Kirk is consistent and he he plays through injury and he's tough and he he can get you to a certain point. But I think there is the question of can he take you over the hump, similar to the question that existed with a Matt Ryan or so many other guys. So it again, as you can hear me talk about, it's like almost agonizing. Again, it's agonizing for Kirk, I think, too, because. He wants to be so good. He's willing to put in as much work to to create any edge possible. But not winning the Super Bowl, uh, until that happens, I think the questions are just always going to persist.
2: Well, i got to imagine that there's going to be an increased sense of urgency because you spend the number one overall pick on Jordan Addison. And Scotty and I cover the Pac-12, so we've watched a lot sure. of Jordan Addison, and he is spectacular. And you pair him up with Justin Jefferson and put Dalvin Cook behind him you don't have a lot of leeway to say, hey, it's not my fault. That's a lot of good talent that it's placing a big microscope on you, is it not?
5: Yeah, there's no question. I mean, this offense this year should be a top-10 offense easily. And, I mean, it was pretty solid last year, but I do think, I mean, with an offensive-minded head coach, they're hoping that they can be really versatile from a personnel perspective, that they can be really multiple with the types of plays they run and really balance so yeah, I mean, I, I also think with the nature of where their defense is right now um, and the youth and the inexperience on that side, like for them to win games and compete in this division, the offense is going to really have to be exceptional.
6: So a tremendous uh, profile piece on Jaron Hall on The Athletic, and I'm a big fan of The Athletic and everything you guys do there. Um, what was What was it that really jumped out to you when you dug into this and, Talk to Aaron Roderick and talk to John Beck about jaron hall what What did you learn about him and what what did you come away with in that profile?
5: yeah you know. I could go with a lot of different things, and I loved all the conversations. Like I, I, and I don't really have to say this, or probably it's not what you're looking for. But I came away after my conversation with Aaron Rodgers, like, damn, the people there are fortunate that he is the offensive coordinator there. That <laughs> yeah. that was just that was just my impression, and and maybe people are screaming at me listening to the radio on the other side. I have no idea, but I think the thing with Jaron um, that just stood out most is 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 really just his past and how he handled it. Like, I mean, just listening to Aaron and John Beck and Dustin Smith even just talk about kind of how how he attended BYU. Obviously, he went on his mission first. He was really dedicated to, to making it happen at BYU at quarterback. And he was dedicated to the degree that even after he was passed up by Zach Wilson to be the starter for two years in a row, that he stayed committed. And then once he finally got, got his opportunity, that he managed it and was, was kind of celebrated by his teammates the way he was. And so I just think I don't know the, the 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 vibe that I got talking to those guys who observed the way Jaron handled that pass um, just really impressed me. And so I think that that I mean I don't know. You're always looking. It, it seems to be such a crapshoot, guys transitioning um, from 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 playing extremely well in college to the NFL. And it's like what what are the separators? And I I just can't help but think a guy who had the maturity to stick with the way Jaron did, uh, well, I, I, it's hard for me not to think that will benefit him in the NFL.
2: If there was a weak spot for Minnesota, what is it?
5: Defense. Um, I was talking about it. I was on the radio here this morning. And, I mean, it, it is – you could go position by position. Cornerbacks, they've got a ton of young talent. But, I mean, other than Byron Murphy, Jr., who's, who's younger and has dealt with a little bit of injury, it's just, it's just a lot of inexperience. I mean, at the linebacker position, they got an older guy in Jordan Hicks and a younger, inexperienced guy in Brian Osamoa. I could go on and on. Uh, defensive front, there are question marks. at Safety, there are question marks. Um, but they did hire Brian Flores as their defensive coordinator. And I think the thought here is that Brian Flores' ability to teach and his ability to develop players will kind of help the defense come together quicker than than, uh, than it might appear just on paper. So we shall see. But just a lot of question marks on that side.
6: What were your impressions uh, with, uh, you know, essentially, you know, Kevin Connell as first-year head coach and taking over that program? And, you know, I know the season may not have ended the way they wanted, but – you know 13 and four in the regular season is not a bad start to a nfl career for sure
5: yeah it was uh it was my, actually my first season covering the vikings i'd covered major league baseball for three years and so I, and i'd always wanted to transition cover the nfl and i knew it was going to be kevin o'connell's first year as the head coach He was a he was a guy who, who coached with sean mcveigh in la and there was a lot of just from people i talked to a lot of respect for kevin but the season was kind of a whirlwind. They won a ton of close games. They, they, I believe went ten and zero in one score games. It was kind of <laughs> absurd in that way. But um, Kevin, Kevin's really impressive. I mean, he's really hammered the importance of, of culture and player development, and um, just schematically, offensively, you can tell he's kind of on a different plane. So, um, yeah, it was it was a fascinating first year. I think. Um, It's just going to be really interesting. They've tried to – some of the teams have have stripped their roster to to the bare bones and and really tried to kind of tank and rebuild. The Vikings have gone with what they've termed a competitive rebuild where they're trying to kind of rebuild on the fly. And it's just been interesting to watch, and it will be interesting to see how it comes together over these next couple of years for sure.
2: Who is considered the greatest Viking all time, and why is it, John Randall?
6: (laughs) (laughs)
5: <laughs> I think you're on it. Um, I don't. It's it's fascinating because I'm a young guy and I'm not from around here, and so it's been cool for me to learn a lot of the history and the reverence that a lot of people have for for guys like John Randall. I mean, I've I don't know. I've gone down the rabbit hole watching Randy Moss tape, and I just think it's ridiculous the stuff that he could do. I'm not. I, I'm, I'm young. I, I watched him play with the Patriots, uh, so I didn't get to see like the vintage Vikings days but I mean I it's crazy like even Fran Tarkenton I uh I, I got to speak with a couple months ago we talked for like an hour and I I, I don't know it's the, that's one of the been that's been one of the coolest things about covering this organization has been the history of it and the, the people here and and I think <laughs> that's why fans can sometimes fans of this organization can sometimes be so disgruntled is because they don't have a Super Bowl to show for it um but we shall see how things progress in the next few years. But John Randall, yeah, uh, if, if, that's, if that's your opinion, I'm all in on it.
2: You may need to take a double check on this, but if I remember right, just kind of going back and, and looking at some of what John Randall did, I, I think in the 10 years that he played for the Vikings, and again, you'll double check this, I don't think he missed a single yeah. game in the 10 years that really? he played. Not a single game missed. Now, when he went it to, sounds, went to yeah. Seattle after. It sounds it, correct. He went to Seattle after Minnesota, if I'm not mistaken, and I know that he dealt with some things there. But when he was with Minnesota, I don't think he missed a single – that guy was an animal. And I, I, I got a, a few years in the league and had an opportunity yeah. to play. And I, I used to watch that guy, and I tried to emulate and do the things he did, and it's just not possible. You can't one-step club a dude and pick him up off the ground. That doesn't happen. But John Randall did it, and he did it with consistency. <laughs>
5: That's phenomenal. No, it's, I mean, I, I, and it is, it's one of those things, again, where it's like for me, I mean, I, I don't know, maybe I'm nerdy like this. It's like, listen to stories of, of that type of thing. I could, I could do it all day. It's what makes this job fun. But that, it, it is, I don't know, like, I, as I walk around the biking facility, you see kind of relics of guys like, like John and, and Fran and, and Randy and Chris Carter and stuff like that. And it's, uh, it's a, it's a thing where for me, it's like, I just feel grateful to kind of be a, be a part of it. See the next. I mean, watching Justin Jefferson every Sunday is a pretty fortunate uh, treat. Is uh,
6: is Minneapolis? Is it a is it a Vikings town? Is it the, the the NHL team? Like, what what is the thing that
5: ultimately moves the meter the most? There is it the Twins? It's the Vikings without question. Okay. I mean, the, the Minnesota Wild and and hockey and it's. I mean, I think they they call it the state of hockey. So people. Here love hockey and it's there's been there was snow on the ground for like nine months straight so they better love hockey but um in general the Vikings I mean I, I, it is um, <laughs> it feels like it revolves around the Vikings I mean there are pockets of people who love the Timberwolves and and love the Twins but I think um when the Viking season is on um it's kind of all all revolves around that I guess that that's just probably the NFL in general I would imagine yeah. So
6: with that, what is the buzz around this town, uh, around that town in terms of next season? What are what are the expectations? Is it Super Bowl or bust? Or and I mean, I know sometimes fans think that every year, but yeah. but what are reasonable expectations for next year for this team?
5: Yeah, you know, I think the reality is, I think if they make the playoffs this upcoming year, people will view it as a success. And I say that because they've just been so constrained. Via their salary cap for a couple few years on end, and they finally try to kind of rid themselves of some of the some of the really. I mean, they they've kind of used the credit card, and they're finally paying it off. And so I think they're trying to kind of this will be the year they they, they kind of take a hard reset and then be able to flip the cap over and have some room to to spend money the next couple of years. So I think. If the team competes in NFC North, I think people will be will, will be mildly happy. But I think over—I mean, I say that—but I know overall, until a team in this town wins a championship, which I don't believe has happened since 1991, and I believe it's the biggest metropolitan area that were that this, this situation. Until that happens, I don't think people will be totally satisfied. So um, I say if they compete for the NFC North and make the playoffs, people will be okay with it, mostly just because of. I think the, the, the people who understand the Vikings situation will realize that they were kind of up against it to be
3: able to build the most optimal roster. Mm. There you go. That was Alec Lewis, Minnesota Vikings reporter for The, the Athletic, uh, talking all things Vikings, Jaron Hall, uh, his upcoming rookie year with the Vikings. And to be honest with you, I think he got one. I don't think uh, – like he's right there of being the starter like I don't think uh, and why am I going blank now I'm going blank on the dang starter Kirk Cousins no. Kirk Cousins it is yes it is, yes, is, is Kirk Cousins. Cousins I'm like okay. dang it, where am I going blank Kirk Cousins I mean he's so hot and cold you like you never know like like I think there's going to be an opportunity for Jaron Hall and you know what that that team is built to be to be successful I mean they had a great year last year like a really good year and it's right so you know, I think it's a good spot for, for him. It's, it's somebody that's towards the end of their career with Kirk Cousins. And, you know, it's it's a good opportunity for Jaron Hall.
4: I agree. Jaren, to me, Jaron wasn't a guy I, I don't believe that should have been taken, like, number one and expected to carry a team right off the bat. He needed to go somewhere where there's a vet in place that can kind of allow him to get his feet under him, let the game slow down for him at that level. Uh, maybe get a little experience in because, you know, injuries happen, that sort of thing. Um, and, and I think he found the perfect spot. And, and it seems like Kirk Cousins understands the situation. Um, doesn't sound like, you know, he's going to be a jerk about it and, like, withhold information or make Jaron's life hard. So I, I think that's a great situation for him. I think that you know, that's about all you can ask for right. uh, when, when you're a guy like Jaron Hall.
3: General like he was, it started off like he was going. You know, I was like, okay, this guy I think could be a really you know an NFL quarterback. And then he kind of you know the health was was yeah. a question. You know he couldn't stay healthy, and it was kind of not as bad as like Taysom Hill, which by the way Taysom Hill fa- found he stayed that, healthy.
4: Who knew that he would eventually? I know, just be find health. Yeah, to, the amount to of have a problems career.
3: exactly the happy amount of him. problems that he had so uh, at BYU health wise was. It's like okay, there's no way this guy's gonna survive in the NFL, and and all, the guy has took, found it. All it took little was up. a position. I know a position change. Yep. So, uh, by the way, we are if you're hearing that music, we're here at the uh, the first KSL Barbecue Cookoff presented by Barbecue Pit Stop. Uh, you're gonna want to get out here. I'm already starting to see some kids playing on the jump houses, checking things out. Uh, they're out. You're gonna have face painters, inflatables, games, prizes. Get them Fat Boy ice creams in you. Uh, come out! Great festivities out here. Coming up next on the other side, we're gonna, we're gonna, you know what? Michelle wants to stay football, so we're gonna stay football. Unrivaled had a chance to have a conversation with, uh, with uh, college football writer Pete Futek. Uh, we'll, we'll uh, hear from him next. You're listening to uh, the Saturday show here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone.
0: Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. <laughs>
7: There's desperation
0: and anguish.
4: On BKSL Sports Zone. I'm Michelle Bodkin. Sitting next to me, Lloyd Cole.
3: How's Cole? Did you, did you just go New Yorker on me?
4: Cole. Cole. Cole.
3: Get some water. <laughs> get some water. Get some with, water with in me. Quarters? Cole. <laughs> Lloyd Cole. <laughs> like, you know, Lloyd Cole in the commotions. Like, get a lump of coal in your stocking, but spelled different. Kind of like John Coffee, only spelled different. Okay. You don't know where that's from, do you? No, I don't. Oh, are, you a movie, are you a movie buff?
4: I'm not a movie buff. The I'm... Green Mile? No.
3: Never saw The Green Mile? No. Jo- my name is John Coffee. Like to drink, only spelled different.
4: <laughs>
3: okay. <laughs> All right. Okay, okay. okay. Uh, yeah, no,
4: that one went right over my head. Uh.
3: Well, I'm told we were going to play Pete Futek, but I guess we're not going to because I, I, I'm understanding. Because Alex and Scott are going to be taking over, and they kind of wanted to play it. So, you know what? We will not play it.
4: You know, I, that's I'm, okay. not, I'm not here to fight. I'm no, here to that's keep okay. the peace. So, it's totally fine. They that's can okay. Ha- they can have the segment. They
3: can have it. They can have the segment. It's okay.
4: We'll just talk about something else. We'll
3: talk about something else. Uh, so, real quick, we're... Uh, obviously it's uh 135 or 1135 not 135 1135 uh, <laughs> things are gonna be opening up to the public coming up at noon noon to six uh, get out here you got like I said face painters inflatables games prizes like you name it they are uh, having a good time out here mm-hmm. like this mm-hmm. is this is it's like the summer is right here it's for kids come out here and yeah. bring the kids
4: yeah right great, great time great time fun fun family event and you can hang out with us. We're going to be around for Come a while. Come get the kids
3: all hopped up on ice cream, free ice cream. We have a bounce
4: house to take care of that. And the bounce
3: house, well, <laughs> they can use all that energy. Eat the ice cream. Hop on the bounce house, burn all that sugar out of them, and then go home and they'll take a nap probably. Right. They'll probably sleep on the way.
4: Yeah. So it's Beautiful.
3: Uh, by the way, uh, obviously presented by Barbecue Pit Stop. Other sponsors are Sheridan's Home and Patio and Camp Chef. All the stations, the entire cluster is out here uh, for the festivities. So get out here, bring the family, bring the kids. Like I said, get the faces painted. My kids are on their way out here, like, right now. So they're coming to check out. I'm going to burn up all the energy. I'm giving them all the fat boys they can eat. And then I'm going to wear them out, and then they're going to sleep all day. And I'm going to enjoy some peace and quiet at my house.
4: That sounds like a brilliant plan. That's what I'm doing. I'm serious.
3: That's what I'm doing. So get out here. <laughs> hey, so we're going to actually change up. We're going to do a – we're going to change it up. We're going to actually talk a little NBA. I wanted to get your thoughts on this, Michelle. Okay. Because obviously – and it's been a conversation uh, all week long. Uh, John Morant, Memphis Grizzlies yeah. superstar, NBA superstar, a man that is like the face of the NBA in a little bit of hot water. Obviously, he had the eight-game suspension during the season for – you know, the gun at the club that was seen. And granted, you know what? The, the big point everybody's trying to make on this is, you know, yeah, J.J. Redick talking, hey, the guy hasn't broken any laws, so why does everybody want to come down hard on him? And it's like, okay, I get that. But he just got done getting in trouble, and now he's in trouble again because his friend, a guy that is supposed to be, you know, his pal, his childhood friend or whatever, was videotaping on Instagram another video, and he was caught with another gun in his hand. And it was a quick... So have you seen the video?
4: I have not seen the video, but so, i heard about this.
3: So it was... They were on there. They had some music. You know, they were in the car bumping around. And, and it's just a quick... In fact, it, you see him, and then the, the the camera quickly goes away from him. And you're like... But, like, people were able to, obviously... Technology. You were able to see that yeah. he was holding on gun, and he didn't deny it. He was like... I'm sorry, my bad. You know, I, I'm learning. You know, I'm I'm still dealing with some stuff, pretty much. And and the thing is, now, like, the the question is, what should Commissioner Adam Silver do? Like, there is. I mean, this could go. He's served an eight game suspension during the same during the season. So, what's the next step? You could tell Adam Silver was not happy. He was very pointed with his words. He was like, he's like, I, I'm expecting the worst. I'm expecting the worst here because, you know, we've already been over this. Yeah. So what do you think? I've heard anywhere from – we've had two guests on that have said he should be he should be suspended for the season. But they don't think Adam Silver will because Adam Silver is a little bit soft when it comes to the players. No matter what he's done for the league, he's done amazing things for the owners, for, for building this league and making it better. But this is an area where he struggles a little bit. So the question is, what's going to happen?
4: Yeah, I, you know, it's a great question. I, I certainly am a person that's all about second chances. It sounds like he's maybe had more than like a second chance. So I, right?
3: <sighs> it's like, where do you draw the line right. on? Something? Like, like eventually, right. you know, you got one. You got to start putting better people around you you got this is a That's friend a and you thing. need us this is something that needs to be done cuz this is this is by the way and I can I'm going blank on his name and I'll have to look it up but this is the same friend that got into it with Pacers uh, oh. on the Pacers they're at, at Indiana and they had there was a confrontation with the Pacers side of things and he was involved in it and so there comes a point what if you owe him something whatever it is cut him a check and you need yeah. a, you need to say okay I appreciate everything you did for me when I was younger. Whatever, when we were back in the day, whether it's him taking a fall for him in something else, and who knows what the heck it is? Like, what has built this friendship? You don't know what it is, right. but it's like you got to say, "Hey, I I can't have you because it's too big." There's t- he's already lost like thirty plus million dollars because of Ooh. this. Like, that's a lot of money. I mean, think he has a lot of money now, but he's losing money, and it's because of and it's not his just his friend by the way he's making bad decisions. Yeah. So, at some point you got to cut out the bad friends and you got to start making better decisions. Uh,
4: that is one thing about I think this business and it doesn't matter what level of it you're on whether you're the star athlete, a coach, an administrator, one of us that's a personality y- you have to be conscious at all times right. as to who who you're hanging around. And what you're posting, doing, and presenting to people, like because there just our eyeballs on you. I know, I absolutely. I've, I know I've weeded friends out since I got this KHL job, and not that like the situations have been anywhere near what this job Morant thing is, but who you hang out with and what they do, regardless of whether you're doing it with them, says right. a whole heck of a lot about you, right? Um, and there's just you know there was just some stuff that consistently would go on around me that I'm like I'm not about this and I don't do this and you gotta go um, and, and it sounds like John ja Morant is kind of in that place and I get it's hard it's hard when you like someone you perhaps you know see the good in them and maybe feel like you know if, if I help you out hey if you hang out with me if I help you out then like maybe you'll find your way too but <sighs> It's just it's such a risk to take and it sounds like at least partially it's costing him. Uh so you know when when do you say when when do you have the maturity to say I cannot do this anymore. This is bad for my career. Um I'm making bad choices because of it.
3: Now now I mean now you're hitting a point where you know he had his apology and it's like mm-hmm. okay. You, right. you, you said pretty much the same thing, and, and, and Scotty made this point the other day on our show. On hands and Scotty, he says, "He said it, it, you read the statement, and it felt like I mean, you've seen this new AI technology that's uh-huh. just spitting spitting out. Say, hey, give me an apology for carrying a gun or whatever or something like that. Yeah. It, it almost reads like
4: someone. Wrote there is spec.
3: There actually is speculation that AI actually they, 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 this was actually driven by AI, I like mean, the, the apology, because you read it, and it's like, man." One, it's either, it's either a PR firm. You already know it's a PR firm. Oh, it yeah. doesn't read. There's no sincerity with it. Like, it's, it's got to, like, there needs to be, now you've said your sorries a couple times, and it's the same type of sorry you said the first time. And the truth is, I would be fine with, and I'm, I'm all about second chances, too. Right. But if you keep doing the same thing over and over, like, you have a chance that not a lot of people get. Right. You, this is, I mean, it is. this is a blessing. This is something that you should... I mean, hold, in high regard, like, this is something, this is a big deal. Not everybody gets to do this. Yeah. Not everybody gets to make all this money. Right. And and Charles Barkley said, God, I should we should play those comments. I don't know if you, uh, well, Charles Barkley talked about, um, and maybe we'll play those. I might have, we're going to do, you know what? Shiloh, we're going to do a little programming on the air. Little programming on the air. If you go to my, uh, the Hans and Scotty button bar, I want to say the, third row from the bottom, you might, you'll probably see Charles Barkley comments about uh, John Morant producing on the fly because these comments, Charles Barkley doesn't care. Like he just is going to say,
4: he's been there, done that.
3: Let me know if you find those, but yeah, Charles Barkley, it's, it's funny hearing Charles Barkley now because Charles Barkley, Mr. I'm not a role model. Yeah. um, He had some, and by the way, and these comments are about. Uh, Charles Barkley is also calling out J.J. Redick because J.J. Redick went hard on first take and was talking about how, you know, why are we get, doing this to a, a you know, go, I mean, he didn't break the law. Why are we throwing this guy now, just throwing the hammer down on this guy? He didn't break the law. And it's like, okay, fine, he didn't break the law. There's but, expectations But though. there's also, he is there's the face of a of franchise. Behavior. He is the face, no matter if you don't want to be a role model, he is kind of a role model and kids look up to him. So here's Charles Barkley talking about JJ, uh, you know, JJ Reddick standing up for him and Ja Morant.
1: Well, first of all, I, I got to say something, man. We got some idiots, some fools, some jackasses on television that really just pissed me off talking about Ja should make a stand saying he didn't break any laws, he didn't do anything wrong. We're in a state where you can carry your gun. Those guys are just they're just freaking idiots. And I want to say freaking because y'all won't let me say what I want to say. We don't trade for it. It it pisses me off when I hear guys say that. Yo, man, when you're making $100 million a year to play sports, your life changes. There are certain rules and regulations you have to live by, plain and simple. You can't do stupid stuff. That's the trade-off. Now, if you want to do all that stuff and give all that money back, more power to you. You can make that stance. You know what? I want to do what I want to do. I want to flash my gun and make videos and do things. Okay. That's fine. But you can't make money on the NBA doing this stuff. I I just hope that he grows up and realize like, yo man, first of all, you're not a thug. You're not a criminal. You're not a crook. You're a guy making a hundred million dollars a year to dribble us 200, 200 million to dribble a stupid basketball. And You hit the lottery. We all hit the lottery to do something. That's people out there work nine to five, eight and nine hours a week, going to make $25,000 a year. They will kill to be in our situation. And, you know, Kenny's right. At some point, it's not your friends. Bill Parcells used to always say, and I love you. He says, "Yo, man, you just an unlucky dude. Bad stuff happen around you all the time. You just an unlucky dude. No, 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 man. You got to look in the mirror and say, yeah, you know what? Maybe I'm the problem. And it's it's disappointing because the kid's a great player, but to be like, to be a fool already, then be a bigger fool a couple of months later, and this is like your fifth or sixth gun thing. And like I say, hey, I'm a guy, I'm a gun guy, but I don't understand why you're flashing it. My bodyguard teaches me, man. If you touch your gun, you better shoot somebody. It ain't for everybody to know you got. And. He riding around with, I guess he think he would, Anquan Fuqua and Steven Spielberg. You got your fin- friend. Oh,
3: that's Charles Barkley, man. I, that guy. Give me more Charles. That guy was just honest, straight honesty. And you know what? If you don't like his NBA breakdown, because his, his NBA breakdowns not always, he's not always the most accurate on stuff like that. But the guy is honest about everything he says. And he's right. Like,
4: yeah. I, I, don't I be a fool. I didn't find anything I disagreed with in, in what he said.
3: No, like don't be a fool. Like you have been given this opportunity, and not a lot of people. I mean, he was a little inaccurate on the nine to five and eighty nine hours a week. I mean, that that is exactly it. that's eighty hours a week, Charles. But that's okay. I don't. I don't. He's not on there for math. <laughs> but I get the point. You know what? Guess what? Dude, God's got to be smarter. Like, yeah. and, and I'm telling you, it should. I think it'll be. Personally, uh, we w- we were talking about an over under uh, on Hans and Scotty, like and hands put it like forty one and a half, and I would take the under on that only because I think it's going to be forty one. I think it should, and it should be a half season. If you win eight games already, now you got to throw the hammer of Thor at them, and you got to go. I think you got to go half a season. Learn a lesson, man. You just got to learn.
4: Yeah, uh, I mean, you so. know, you got your warning. Uh, I I think there should be a bigger consequence, but. Alas, we'll, we'll see how that yep. all works out. Uh, we got to go take one more break. You are listening to the Saturday show on 97.5 at the KSL Sports Zone.
7: Let me ask you guys a question. Okay. Every year we do this. Oh, man, we're in the slow season. Has it even been the slow season yet? Like, really? I mean, honestly, when you're mid-season, you go, this is, this is tiring. This is a lot. Yeah. But, like, normally this time of year, we usually don't have a lot. This is not – I feel like this is not the case. Maybe it's the anticipation no. of, uh, you know, all the stuff that's going on in the background, mm-hmm. which I was I'm like, since when have fans ever been even caring one second about what a TV deal looks like for their Right. <laughs> like, that's the weirdest scoreboard we've yeah. ever done, right? Yeah. Weirdest <laughs> scoreboard fan BYU-Utah fans have ever done is, we got, 13, we got 31.4. We got
3: 31.46, dog. Like, yeah. dumbest Eat thing, it. fans have never done it, and yet here we are. Between yeah, well. that – and and the funny little weird thing with the, uh, I mean, you remember when the, ba- the the Pac-12 stickers started coming out? Oh, we were oh, excited man. about it. And and BYU fans are like, oh, what are you doing? But Pac-12. And now that I've seen Big yep. Twelve stickers, I'm like, you guys, you're all yeah. the same people. You know what, what are happened? You talking about <laughs> like, lift
7: kit. All the same. Utah Every County. Every one of you. Utah County. Sales of, of Big Twelve stickers I are bet. up by a thousand percent, and lift lift kits on trucks also. Yeah, oh up a thousand percent. Like I need to lift the truck, and I need to put the Big Twelve sticker Lifted on it. truck. And big Twelve sticker. I'm you're becoming good to go. you're becoming the person you promised you weren't you're going right. to be.
3: <laughs> How dare you? You know what? nothing. Um, slow. There's not the, the thing is we. I mean. You feel like th- there's going to be a point that's going to slow up, but it, but now it's everything's just year round, re- like it just doesn't, doesn't yeah. stop. And this and this Pac-12 TV thing is is obviously it's it's added it's, it's added on it's like added it just something. it's keep it, it's still going, but still going to what? Like we don't have any information. There's nothing new. It's like. It's it's like you remember when they were doing the uh, you know they're gonna be they're doing conference expansion and we were wondering is Utah gonna get in is BYU gonna get in what's gonna happen you know before Utah it, it joined? and it's like man it was just over you remember you got, every day you were getting trying to get somebody on to talk about conference expansion and it's like Spilled the, the same exact thing except for with a TV deal well
4: you know I I mean we have to have something to talk know. Know about I, I'm I telling to you. answer your question. Like, in some ways, it's like slow down a little bit. I guess. But but Utah keeps winning, so I keep well, I showing know. up well, to true. stuff, you know? There's like
7: but, – but honestly, in terms of the 365-day cycle – it used to be pretty cut and dry that as soon as the Jazz were out of the playoffs, we were all kind of done. done? That felt we like didn't. some
3: smack talk, by the way. What Utah keeps winning? Oh, it's <laughs> she <laughs> weird. She's like, I it's wasn't... weird. I just keep. I don't know. It's weird. Utah keeps winning. I'm like, oh, winning I, I guess all... I'll book another <laughs> ticket. <laughs> 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 Is there room in the luggage for another basketball championship? I don't winning. know. Uh, now I'm covering and now
7: softball. I'm doing softball. I don't know. I don't <laughs> know if there's enough room in the, in the, uh, in, the uh, in the in the back of the trunk for another trophy. Another win,
3: I guess. I guess I'll cover it. That's fine. Good, good, Michelle.
4: Good smack talk. Michelle. BYU's going to have their it. moment. I'm caught like that was not hey, meant to be. Hey, you're the smack Utah rock.
7: insider. It's I am. okay. Hey, I we am. We're trying to we we're trying to figure that out too. Are we going to have an official holiday on July one? Now we can't miss it. We can't actually miss the we can't actually miss the you? Uh, you know the day of BYU goes into the Big Twelve on July one. There's got to be some declaration, right? There's got to yeah. be some like well, I plaque mean, put up. For
4: a long time, it was pac mas Happy pac mas Yes. <laughs> what do we call Big Twelve? Though I
7: know I don't. I don't know because
4: uh, like, can you make something as catchy oh, we with that? Oh, will. I'm sure, oh, I'm we sure will. someone's going to figure the it out. But what's will. it going to be? The commissioner
3: will find something. He'll we come up with something. Some. We could make something. And we, it's c- going to be a shot at, at the Pac-12 somehow.
7: We're, we're all going to be. We're all going to be sick of like. I mean, our promotions people have done such a freaking good job across all of our stations. And this is a massive event. This is a big of an event you can kind of put together in one little place, you know. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it all again for uh, July 1. You know, the entrance into the the Big 12. I think that we're making a little bit much out of it, too, on the actual day of. Because BYU has already kind of hit the ground running in terms of, like, you're not going to notice any difference. They've already kind of been, like, since September of of 2021. Mm -hmm. They were like, we're in, and that's good. But, yeah, the day of. We gotta like observe an official sports holiday. That's what we need to start doing. Official sports holiday in the state of Utah. You know how every day is like a fill in the blank, like KK. you know, Spring Water Day. Yeah, yeah. They, they have it for everything, day. and there's ten things on those days. There's no way we can't have a Utah based, and I'm this is me thinking this on the fly. Utah based, KSL Sports Zone based, uh, sports holidays. We just have a calendar. This, Remi- on this day kind of a thing, but also guys maybe it's a birthday of uh you know a uh uh you know of of wally joiner or something like <laughs> right. that, you know and you go, hey man." <laughs> Uh, it's Wally joiner Day. You know, because there will be those August 3 and discuss, stuff like that.
3: You did, did you, remind me. Did you discuss your football advent calendar on there? No, oh, yeah, we did. No. Oh, they need traction. This is the because place. I feel like this is you. This is the place to sell selling. <laughs> yeah, this is the place to sell
7: it. Because they do. I think they do meat of the month kind of stuff. But the uh, the Christmas advent calendar
3: yeah. is amazing. Fantastic. open that thing. Chocolate. So he wants to do it with chocolates but, but with, with, with meat. cooked meats. But with meat. With meat. So you open okay, up well, a. well,
4: I <laughs> would probably prefer the chocolate. I know you would. I get that. I get that. I get. But look, that I'm
7: now. just saying, like every on the calendar. Now, obviously, you don't cook the prime rib and then we, stuff it in the little this, hole, and we'll see you in investing. three weeks. But if you do this, I'm investing. <laughs> you know, there's somebody. I think it is brilliant. That's funny. I, as I said, that some company in China has already put them right. on shipping <laughs> on Amazon. <laughs> it's called the Cujo. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, meat <laughs> advent calendar. So there you go. My heavens! Oh, Papa shot's in the house, dude. Gosh, bring the kids down. So now this patio set you can come and enter to win this yes this is this is if you are the general public can come down scan the QR code and you can enter yourself just as a uh, you know uh, average joe uh, joe six pack uh, jane rib smoked meat rib lady the smoker from camp chef We're and
3: excluded right because i
7: i yeah, need a new ineligible make okay. <laughs> ineligible, I ineligible. So. so you got a ultimate back- backyard barbecue kit because that is a uh, nice set sheridan seven piece like I mean, that's those are nice. That's an actual dining outdoor dining yep. table with the full set, and then the Camp Chef. Uh, I think it's the it's one of their smokers. Which one's it called? It's the it's the it is the, the wind I'm smoker, or something right like now. that. Yep. The uh, Camp, Camp Chef with the woodwind smoker. Woodwind. Yep. That's what I'm talking about. So, look, I just I just confess too. Like, I have a nice Traeger, and I think at first when you're really committed to really cooking some barbecue, you do it. And then at some point, I'm like, "Yeah, this is burgers and dogs." I'm definitely like, I've left. I'm like, I've put it on the back burner, literally. Like, I've, I, I'm embarrassed that most of the stuff that's
3: cooked in my Traeger are dogs and and burgers. You can't okay. go wrong with that. You know what? It's we, classic. You know what classic. we're uh, actually probably doing tonight? We're doing we're doing dogs, but we're doing chili cheese dogs. Ah,
7: uh, you know I'll do this. You know I what love I've been doing chili too? cheese dogs. the elotes. You know what the elotes are. Those corn cobs you put them in like at the end of the you smoke those things them a get them a little, them a little uh, smoky on the grill for a while you hit them with that butter and mayonnaise mix that they do this is straight out of Mexico right okay you hit or it Where you with learned the,
3: on your mission right
7: no that, no I just I, I, I oh, stole okay. it from uh, I stole it from the guys who because there's a uh, taco cart over here during the week uh-huh. over by gateway yeah. The guy does the corn, so you dip it in that butter mayonnaise mix. They hit it with that tahine lime stuff, right? Ooh. And then they put the cotija cheese on it, and then oh, boom.
3: That it's no phenomenal. longer corn.
7: It's, it's no longer corn. It's become a, a buffet of, uh, of food. So.
3: Well, the lotes are easy on the grill, too. The Saturday show may be ending, but yes. but the show must go on. Yes. Are you going to hang out a little more?
4: Yeah, no. I I have a little while before like I said I think my dog okay. will explode. So but before he, he shreds up your house. <laughs> hey, you
7: know what? Bring him down. Let's go. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you should have brought him down. I guarantee it's that right here. I, mean, I he should have brought my dog.
4: He's a good boy.
7: Yeah, this is this is a place that I would want a dog actually. I want dogs running around right here. I do. You got dogs? No. We have a we have like a way allergic kid. Oh. It's like really it's kind of a heartbreaker. It's a heartbreaker cuz yeah. I was like that's not a thing. Cuz you got the Growing you up, have like, other kids that are
3: like, "Well, I want a dog." I know, and they blame him. They're like, uh, how dare so you? you're the, the odd man out. It's your They're fault like, we don't
7: have a dog. And then when he's out of the family, then we'll get a dog. I'm That's, like, "Jeez, man. That is well, okay, What a, What?
3: how old is he? He's the oldest. So oh, we have okay. never had a dog. That's So it's going to happen then. Mm. So, cause he's Out of the, out house the house in three or four someday. years, yeah. boom. It's going to dog. Dog time. He's
7: like, can I bring my family over for Christmas? I'm like, no, nah, your room is now the dog <laughs> room. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. It's the dog room. It's only for them to, that's where only the place that they're allowed to sleep in the house.
4: Oh man. Okay. Well, with that being said, we will go ahead and wrap it up here for the Saturday show. I'm Michelle Bodkin, and we will talk to you next week. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison.
7: Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today.
4: I'm Becky Bruce.